right, folks, as you know, as you know, Shaggy's Soul Shakedown is every Thursday, every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. here on MutinyRadio.fm. What's with the limp? I got hit by a car on my bike. This person just ran a red light. How are you going to work? You wait tables. I don't know. I'm terrified. I count on my tips, and these hospital bills are confusing. The insurance adjusters just treat me like I'm a piece of paperwork. Man, you should go to johnstrausslaw.com. John Strauss is a great personal injury attorney. When I got hurt, he handled everything for me. He was on my side. And best of all, I didn't have to pay out of pocket. He got paid when I did. That's great, because I cannot afford to pay out of pocket. Yeah, don't let them confuse you and trick you. They treat you like you're a business. It's not business. It's personal. Injury. JohnStraussLaw.com Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Speak for 
power in a union. There is. Our brothers down in uh, the south lost one. We're going to talk about that today. This is Labor and Love Show, and you're listening to the great Louis Armstrong. A little sad.
Okay, that was uh, <clears throat> our opening set. You're listening to Labor and Love Radio. This is the B. And um, right now we're at 2781 21st Street, broadcasting live as we do every Saturday morning. If you want to catch up with archived shows from the past three years, look on mutinyradio.fm slash podcast good morning everybody this is the b and the show is labor and love the station is mutiny radio so you can get us live at mutinyradio.fm or as i mentioned archive shows at mutinyradio.fm slash podcasts this is the show where we talk about labor the labor of people all over the world. We remind you that if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. We remind you that if you don't have a seat at the table, at the negotiating table, that is, you're probably on the menu. And never, but never, let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Good morning, everybody. Got a big show planned for you today. We're going to talk about workers in Cambodia, 208 workers in Cambodia. We're going to talk about the UPS strike. And we're going to talk about the loss, the loss in Mississippi, where workers rejected the union at a rate of about 60-40. We're going to talk about local labor actions from Labor Notes Bay Area. And as I mentioned, one of our songs there was by Las Cafeteras Mujer Soy. That 
that first set was Mujer Soy with Las Cafeteras, and more about Las Cafeteras a little later. Um, They're on with Amy Goodman. We'll play another one of their songs, too. Las Cafeteras, Mujer Soy, I am a woman. I didn't come to tell you that I'll always be, that I'll shut up. I didn't come to excuse myself. I'm a woman. Before that, Louis Armstrong with his classic West End blues, a little blue today because of the loss in Mississippi, but we'll talk about that. There were a lot of extenuating circumstances. A lot of the contract workers and uh, temporary workers were not allowed to vote uh, in the election. And before that, Billy Bragg, power in a union. There is power in a union. Okay, besides Las Cafeteras, we'll play, like I said, one of their songs. We're going to discuss labor history. Today in labor history, we've got the uh, Patco strike, which was a big loss. We've got several wins for union and for working people. What does Richard Sherman, the outspoken cornerback for the Seattle Seahawks, have to say about the Colin Kaepernick situation? Strike at the Bank of England, of all places. We're going to talk about all that and more. Reviving the strike. Birthday of a great... Labor songwriter, Florence Reese. But let's start out here with Labor Radio. And as soon as uh, I find it, Labor Radio, Labor's Week in the news. Let's see. Play a little music while we're waiting. Okay. Nothing happening there. Bear with me for a moment, please. Let's get on to another song. Those people in Mississippi, maybe they didn't know it, but they served somebody. You may be an ambassador to I'd like to dance You may be the heavyweight champion of the world You might be a socialite with a long string of pearls But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord But you're gonna have to serve somebody 
be a rock and roll addict dancing on the stage. Money drugs at your command, women in a cage. You may be a businessman or some high degree thief. They may call you doctor, or they may call you chief. But you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, you are. You're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. It may be a state trooper. It might be a young Turk. Maybe the head of some bigger TV network. You may be rich or poor. You may be blind or lame, maybe living in another country under another name, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, you are. You're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Maybe. Working on a home, might be living in a mansion. You might live in a dome. You may own guns and you may even own tanks. You may be somebody's landlord. You may even own banks. But you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, you're gonna have to serve somebody. Maybe a city councilman taking bribes on the side. Maybe working in a barber shop, you may know how to cut hair. It may be somebody's mistress, maybe somebody's heir. But you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, you're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. 
Bob Dylan, Gotta Serve Somebody. Maybe those workers in Mississippi know that and maybe they don't. Basically, when you want a union, all you're looking for, all, what you're looking for is a voice. A voice to sit at the table. Workers in Mississippi have denied that. They serve somebody. They serve Nissan. See what we got to say about that. Doug Cunningham with Solidarity Network. Okay. Um, the emotions were raw as pro-UAW Nissan workers lamented their union election loss here in Canton, Mississippi. But beneath the anguish created by Nissan's illegal fear and intimidation campaign triumph was a fierce determination by these workers to keep their eyes on the union prize. Antonio Hoover is a 13-year veteran of Nissan workers. Antonio says, many of us are on the verge of divorce. Many of us are on the verge of losing our families because of Nissan. But you put this doggone campaign and try to make us look bad. But you all are the ones that did this to us. Here we go. But I'm going to tell you something, Steve Marsh, one of the union, one of the bosses at Nissan. Six months, baby, six months. You don't clean this mess up. We will be back. We'll be back. We're the ones that make the profit for Nissan. We're the ones. UAW stronger, baby. UAW stronger. Betty Jones, Nissan worker and UAW supporter, says... We didn't do no dirty tricks. We didn't tell no lies. We didn't intimidate anybody. We didn't. So when we walk in that plant on Monday morning, you hold your head up. Because I'm going to walk in there because God gave me the courage and he gave me the boldness. Nissan ain't gave you all nothing. When you walk in there Monday morning, they're paying for your labor. They don't care anything about you. We care about the people. We care about safety. We care about our benefits, and we're still going to care about those things. Our co-workers are going to find out how Nissan really is. Anyway, on and on, and let's see. The, there are a lot of uh, extenuating circumstances here. Um, 
if I can find them. A lot of extenuating circumstances. For uh, one thing, um, a lot of the workers were not allowed to vote. Let's read this one. This is from um, the New York Times. In a test of labor's ability to expand in the South, workers at a Nissan plant in Mississippi have overwhelmingly rejected a bid to unionize. So about 3,500 of the 6,000 or 7,000 actual workers who are allowed to vote. 60% opposed the union. The election campaign at the plant where a large majority of workers are African American frequently took on racial overtones. Some employees allege that White supervisors dispense special treatment to white subordinates, a charge the company emphatically denied. Now here's the thing. Nissan workers, veteran workers at Nissan make about 26 bucks an hour, uh, which is not up to the union standard, but it's well above the median wage in Mississippi. Nissan also pays a roughly similar percentage of employees' incomes into their retirement accounts, accounts as do the Michigan automakers. So, this is something we always talk about, the union effect. Even if a, uh, an industry is not completely unionized, the fact that it's partially unionized means that competing non-union firms have to offer a better package than they normally would. Better wages, better everything. While a significant number of workers at the plant, which has a total workforce of nearly 6,500, are contract workers who earn lower wages than employees, they were not avail eligible to vote in this union. Nissan emphasized how the plant was an economic lifeline for workers in the area. They were telling African Americans, look what they provided for us, but I had a job before I came to Nissan. I had a house already, I had cars already, Nissan didn't provide me with it. Nissan was more menacing, suggesting that a union would put workers' jobs at risk or make them less competitive. This issue of threatening to close a faculty is the worst threat you can put toward an employee. So this is what they said. If the union passes, we'll close the plant. At one point leading up to the vote, managers delivered a slide presentation warning that the event, in the event of a strike, most employees who walked out would not be guaranteed jobs afterward. Many workers appeared to find the presentation alarming, even though strikes are rare in the industry and replacing production workers could be difficult. Another manager emphasized that Nissan could decide not to automatically deduct workers' union dues 
in which case the union would end up spend, sending workers a regular bill. So these people are endlessly, endlessly resistant to a union. You got to think about why. Because they don't like to share power. They don't want to have you there. They don't want to have you there at the negotiating table. They don't want you in there. They want to be able to pay you what they want. Okay, so what can we learn? I mean, again, things are not great at Nissan, but pretty good compared to the area around. Workers are making $26 an hour, which is a barely a living wage. Uh, nothing extra in there, of course. Their pensions are being almost at the same rate as union pensions. Uh, anyway, here's the Win Labor Report. I think we actually got it going here. You're listening to Win Workers Independent News, a production of Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. The emotions were raw as pro UAW Nissan workers lamented their union election loss here in Canton, Mississippi. But beneath the anguish created by Nissan's illegal fear and intimidation campaign triumph was a fierce determination by these workers to keep their eyes on the union prize. Antonio Hoover is a 13 year Nissan worker. Many of us are on the verge of divorce, many of us are on the verge of losing in our families because of me, son. But you put this out on the campaign and try to make us look bad, but you all are the one that did us like this. But I'm gonna tell you something, Steve Marshall. Six months, baby. Six months, if you don't clean this mess up, we will be back. We'll be back. We will be back. We will be back. They make the profit for Nissan. We are the one. UAW, strong, baby. Nissan worker and UAW supporter Betty Jones. We didn't do no dirty tricks. We didn't tell no lies. We did not intimidate anybody. We didn't. So when we walk in that paint on Monday morning, you hold your head up. Because I'm going to walk in there because God gave me the courage. He gave me the boldness. Nissan ain't gave y'all nothing. When you walk in there on Monday morning, they're paying you for your labor. They don't care anything about you. We care about the people. We care about safety. We care about our benefits. And we still going to care about those things. Right. Let me tell you something. Our co-workers, they're going to find out how Nissan really is. Yeah. When they go in there Monday morning, cut your hair off. When you go in there Monday morning, they're going to turn that line speed up on you. I want you to think about, thank Nissan then. Yeah. Let me tell you something, they're gonna show that you coat. They're gonna show them, we're showing ours tonight. The UAW has filed unfair labor practice charges against Nissan, and if Nissan is found guilty, there could be a repeat vote. Nissan worker, Isaac Jackson. A lot of times you don't get off the plantation in Mississippi on the first track. All right. Sometimes you have to wait to the midnight hour and slip off. 
and leave your clothes and your shoes. But when you cross the Mason-Dixon line, y'all yeah. is free then. Come you on, feel me? Yeah. So don't you quit. Don't hold your head down. When you walk in that plant on Monday morning, lift your head high, hold your shoulders back, and let everybody know you've been in a good fight. Amen. And this is a good fight, and I'm glad I was in it. Yeah, it is. I'm glad that I was in it. And guess what? It ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. Reporting from Canton, Mississippi, Doug Cunningham, Workers Independent News. You've been listening to Win Workers Independent News. For more information. Workers Independent News Week in Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. Nissan workers in Canton, Mississippi are voting Thursday and Friday on whether to join the United Auto Workers. Workers at the plant say Nissan is waging a very aggressive anti-union campaign. The National Labor Relations Board is bringing a new complaint against Nissan alleging unfair labor practices. It says Nissan is violating labor law by threatening to close the plant. It's also interrogating workers about their union support and in effect trying to bribe them for voting against the union. Nissan worker Christopher Milton says Nissan's anti-union fear campaign is backfiring on them. Right now, Nissan's got an anti-union campaign going on, and every day in our startup meetings, there's some of our monitors trying to get everybody to vote no. I don't think it's working out too good for them, because they finally realize, and throughout the time that we've been working there, I've been there for 15 years, they really never really listened to anybody, but now they're trying to say they're sorry for not listening to us, and they're ready to listen to us now, but it's a little bit too late for that. I feel strong, and I think they know that the numbers are against them. I think they realize that we got the numbers that we need to make this go through. Have Republicans used an illegal conspiracy to grab and hold political power in America? Evidence is mounting that they have. In fact, there is far more evidence of a GOP illegal conspiracy to disenfranchise voters than evidence of voters themselves committing Election Day fraud. The U.S. Supreme Court will hear a Wisconsin case alleging that political districts in Wisconsin were intentionally designed to favor Republicans. Former U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder is working to overturn these illegal political districts. This fight is about more than partisan politics. This fight is fundamentally about saving our democracy. Illinois Federation of Teachers President Dan Montgomery says in vetoing the school funding bill, SB1, Governor Bruce Rauner is pitting downstate Illinois against Chicago for his own political gain. Rauner's mandatory veto Tuesday takes a $250 million block grant from Chicago Public Schools and changes how Chicago Public Schools' pensions are funded. The IFT says Rauner vetoed a balanced bipartisan budget bill that ended a two-year budget crisis in Illinois of the governor's own making. That veto was overridden. Wins Joanne Powers has more labor news. 20,000 dock workers at 29 ports in California, Oregon, and Washington look to be set to approve an unprecedented contract extension through the end of 2021. While official results of the vote won't be available until Friday, the International Longshore and Warehouse Union says that early returns show two-thirds of their membership approving the contract extension with shipping companies of the Pacific Maritime Association. The association first approached the union with the proposal more than three years before their current contract expires in July of 2019. This was likely to avoid a repeat of the contentious and disruptive nine-month battle between the ILWU and the PMA that led to the current contract in 2015. The union said the extension, if approved by the membership, would raise wages, maintain health benefits, and increase pensions. For more labor news, visit workersindependentnews.com. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Workers Independent News, we can review. Workers Independent News, uh, disingenuous report there that the union had the numbers to win. They didn't. 
They lost by 60-40. Here's an article called Reviving the Strike, and it's from uh, Popular Resistance. And it's about nurses in the East Coast. Uh, a strike on July 12th for the first time in her life. This woman, Barb Tiller, walked off the job along with 1,200 other nurses. This is at Tufts University. Alyssa Gold, a cardiology nurse who's 16 months at Tufts, mirrors the duration of the contract negotiation between the contract, between the nurses and the hospital management, says, I was excited to start working at Tufts because the best learning for nurses happens in Boston Hospital, this Tufts Medical Center. Once we sent the 10-day strike notice to strike, I had to talk myself out of thinking that daily stress of nursing was my fault. I had to be clear that I am not the one deciding to give us too many patients to give the kind of care we all desire to give. Management is. To successfully pull off the kind of supermajority strikes being demonstrated by the Tufts nurses, a union has to be democratically run and prioritize high participation. Perhaps the best evidence of high participation and direct member control at MNA is a strategically brilliant move the union made in 2000 when the membership decided that employers should not be involved in the relationship between them and their union. So they created Union Direct, a program to encourage members to switch from paying dues through an employer payroll deduction system still used by almost every other union in the nation, to having murders, members pay dues by credit card. Okay, so this is on uh, popular resistance. Check it out. Strike at Tufts Medical Center in Boston. So evidently they're still out. What has led to this strike is the arrogance and ignorance of the employer. They seem to think the union is a suggestion box they can ignore. Management is a male institution thinking they can snub 1,200 women and pretend their opinions about health care don't count. So, a little more about that later. Let's play some music this is the Labor and Love Show. Welcome if you're just joining us. Uh, a mess we're in.
made of lumber and solid as a rock. He is a common worker and his name is Mr. Block. And Block he thinks he may be president someday. Oh Mr. Block you were born by mistake. You take the cake, you make me ache. Tie your rock on your block and then jump in the lake. Kindly do that for liberty's sake. Yes, Mr. Block is lucky, he found a job by G. The shark got seven dollars for job and fare and fee. They shipped him to a desert and dumped him with his truck. But when he tried to find his job, he sure was out of luck. He shouted, that's the raw, I'll fix them with the law. Oh, Mr. Block, you were born by mistake. You take the cake, you make me ache Tie a rock on your block and then jump in the lake Kindly do that for liberty's sake 
the money kings in Cuba blow up the gunboat main, but block it off all angry and blamed it's all on Spain. He went right in a battle and there he lost his leg. And now he's peddling showstrings and he's walking on a peg. He shouts, remember Maine, hooray to hell with Spain. Oh, Mr. Block, you were born by mistake. You take the cake, you make me ache. Tie a rock on your block and then jump in the lake. Kindly do that for liberty's sake. Poor Block, he died one evening. I'm very glad to state. He climbed the golden leather up to the pearly gate. He said, oh, Mr. Peter, one word I'd like to tell. I'd like to meet the Astorbilts and John D. Rockefeller. Oh, Pete said, is that so? You'll meet them down below. Oh, Mr. Block, you were born by mistake. You take the cake, you make me ache. Tie a rock on your block and then jump in the lake. Kindly do that for liberty's sake. Mr. Block, um, he wrote that, Matt's Paulson. Um, Mr. Block is a character from a cartoon comic strip uh, written and illustrated by an IWW artist. <clears throat> and Mr. Block is the guy who always believes what the company tells him, who despite over and over again being exploited and cheated by those in power, comes back and uh, is a true believer. We got a lot of Mr. Blocks. And all that means is those are people who just need to think about what, what they're in, what's going on. You got to serve somebody, who they're serving. Before that, we had the mill was made of marble, which is kind of one of those uh, labor songs like the Big Rock Candy Mountain that uh, everything is going to be okay, you know, for workers. You catch hell, but everything is okay. And the mill was made of marble. People are remembering the time before the mill moved out of the town the little town, wherever it was. And then before that, Los Lobos with the mess we're in. And uh, need I say more? What can we do about the mess we're in? This is the anniversary of the death of Florence Reese, one of the uh, real troubadours of uh, the labor movement in 1931 after a, during a bitter strike at Harlan County, police came to Florence Reese's home. She was married to a minor and uh, raided her house 
So she sat down and wrote this song. This is Florence Reese. Come all you poor workers, good news to you, I'll tell how the good old union has come in here to dwell. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? We're starting our good battle, we know we're sure to win. Because we've got the gun, thugs are looking very thin. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? If you go to Harlan County, there is no neutral there. You'll either be a union man or a thug for J.H. Blair. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? They say they have to guard us to educate their child. Their children live in luxury, our children almost wild. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Gentlemen, can you stand it? Oh, tell me how you can. Will you be a gun thug or will you be a man? Which side are you on? Which side are you on? My daddy was a miner. He's now in the air and sun. He'll be with you fellow workers till every battle's won. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Now all of you know which side you're on, and they'll never keep us down. That was Florence Reese singing uh, Which Side Are You On? A little bit more about Florence Reese. She died August 3rd, 1986. She was uh, 86 years old. She was born in Sharps Chapel, Tennessee. So w when we think about the South, we think about it as pretty much a closed door for unions and union organizing. But... uh a lot of very prominent labor people come from the South. Um, she wrote it. She wrote it at age twelve, according to Alan Lomax, while her father was on strike. In nineteen thirty-one, the Harlan County War Strike by United Mine Workers of America, which her husband Sam Reese was an organizer. She wrote it out on calendar, possibly updating it, and that's the version known today. Pete Seeger, collecting labor union songs, learned Which Side Are You On in 1940. The following year, it was recorded by the Almanac Singers in a version that gained a wide audience. Alan Lomax wrote that Florence Reese, a shy, toe-headed Kentucky miner's daughter, composed this song at age 12 when her father was out on strike. He sang it to me standing in front of a primitive hearth in a log cabin in the backwoods of Tennessee, of Kentucky, pardon me, in 1937. Florence and Sam Reese were married for 64 years until his death from black lung. 
After a lifetime of speaking out on behalf of unions and social issues, Florence Reese died of a heart attack on August 3rd, 1986 in Knoxville, Tennessee. Her song is featured prominently and Florence Reese is in the documentary film Harlan County, USA. Harlan County, USA. All right. On and on the struggle goes on. It will uh, never be over until the battle's won. Which side are you on? That, that would be a good one for all of us to remember. For example, when a union election comes up, which side are you on? Uh, here's the rest of the story about the nurses' strike. Nurses returned to work following a one-day strike and a four-day lockout at top some commentary by one a of the nurses. Day. Last week, about 1,200 Tufts nurses held a 24-hour strike over wages, staffing, and retirement benefits. They were then turned away until the replacement nurses finished out a five-day contract. Tufts nurses maintained a picket line until the lockout came to an end. We stood up for what we believed in. We have no shame in what we did. With emotions running high on both sides, some expressed concerns about tension inside the hospital. All of this has become extremely contentious, um, but we're professional and we respect what we need to do and we hope that we can get respect from the administration. We respect that. We've said all throughout this process that we respect people's decisions of what the choice that they've made. But there is still no contract deal and it's unclear how much either side is going to budge. We have our final offer on the table and we feel like it's a very good offer. This is not a rich organization. We have limited resources and we've tried to do the absolute most that we can. The nurses say they hope the strike will make a difference and that their voices will be heard. We didn't want to do it, but we felt like it's something that had to be done. I'm hoping it'll push management to just talk and keep going. And the union says there will be a cooling off period before any further negotiations are planned. Both sides tell me they're waiting to hear from the mediator about how to move forward. Reporting live in Boston, Anna Myler, WB. Okay, that's the uh, end story about the nurses' strike in Boston. How about the Bank of England? Bank of England strike over derisory pay raise, 1% pay raise. This is on BBC News. The date is August 1st. A three-day strike by some Bank of England support staff has begun after talks that the conciliation service ended without 
agreement. Employees in the Unite Trade Union are disputing a below inflation pay raise of 1%. So if inflation is at 2.5% and you, uh, you accept and you accept a, a 1% pay raise, you're losing uh, 1.5%. Effectively, your pay has been cut uh, by 1.5%. About 20 union members, including cleaners, security, and maintenance staff, are picketing the bank's headquarters in the city of London. Some are wearing face masks of the bank's governor, Mark Carney. They've been joined by the shadow chancellor, John McDonald. Set in the bank, staff in the bank's parlors, which are meeting rooms on the ground floor of the bank's building in Threadneedle Street, have also walked out. It's the first time in more than 50 years that workers at the central bank have been on strike. Balloted approximately 2% of the workforce, the bank said, as only 150 staff work in the three affected departments. The bank has been in talks with Unite up to and including today and remains ready to continue those talks at any time. This is the first time. Employees at the bank have gone on strike since the late 60s. It was the second year running that the staff had received a below inflation pay offer. Unites London and Regional Secretary Peter Cavanaugh said its members have been left with no choice but to take industrial action. Mark Carney should come to the picket lines outside this iconic British bank today. And explain why hardworking men and women deserve to face years of pay cuts. That's what it is, a pay cut. They're struggling to pay their bills and feed their families because the bank has unjustly imposed a below inflation or zero pay raise. And the beat goes on everywhere in the world. This is why despite defeats like the one at Nissan, there will never be a time when people don't want to unite and work together to make their jobs and lives better. And if that takes the form of a union, so be it. If that takes a form of Direct action by workers, so be it. Because the conditions that create the desire for unions or the need for unions, the need for worker action, will never go away. Capitalism creates them. Capitalism creates the conditions that make people want unions. Low pay translates into difficulty on the job. Difficulty in your life. Low pay does that. It's not like we had a 
We had a comment from the uh, editor here in Pacifica, editor of the local paper, that we should have listened to small businesses before we tried to raise the pay of low-wage workers. So what that means is that point of view is basically saying to workers, well, too bad if you're struggling, too bad if you've got kids and you can't afford all the things that it takes to work and and have kids and raise them. Too bad. Uh, we should have listened to small business. You're going to have to uh, struggle so that small businesses can survive. And what Richard Wolf, the economist, says is, well, that's if it comes to a choice like that, there's something wrong with the system, with the political economic system. If we have to choose between the survival of small businesses and the survival of workers, what does that say about us? Here's Ann Hills, My America.
and the recruiters knock on mama's door. If they can't build cars like their fathers did, you can sign your kids up for the war. From Texas towns to California, from the Gulf to the Pacific, the contract's out to build a wall. This land is our land, don't forget it. And the Walmarts fill the towns, the golden arches in between. But now there's houses in the fields, the farmers wasted by the big machine. And the gas is sold three bucks a gallon, and we all stop off to get our fill. And the air we breathe will be the price to be the fat man on the hill. Fat man on the hill.
treaties attest Oh, well, blankets for land Is a bargain indeed And the blankets were those Uncle Sam had collected From smallpox disease Dying soldiers that day And the tribes were wiped out And the history books censored A hundred years of your statesmen Have felt it's better this way Yet a few of the conquered Have somehow survived Their blood runs the redder Though jeans have been paled From the Grand Canyon's caverns To craven sad hills The wounded, the losers Sing their tale from Los Angeles County to upstate New York. The white nation fattens while others grow lean. Oh, the tricked and evicted, they know what I mean. My country, tis of thy people you're dying. The past, it just crumbled. Just threatens our lifeblood shut up in your chemical tanks. And now here you come, bill of sale in your hand, and surprise in your eyes that we're lacking in thanks for the blessings of civilization you've brought us, the lessons you've taught us. And safe behind laws Now that my life's To be known as your heritage Now that even The graves have been robbed Now that our own chosen way Is a novelty Hands on our hearts We salute you, your Choke on your blue, white, and scarlet hypocrisy Pitying the blindness that you've never seen That the eagles of war whose wings lent you glory They were never no more than carrion crows Pushed the wrens from their nest, stole their eggs Change their story The mockingbird sings it It's all that she knows Ah, what can I do? Say a powerless few With a lump in your throat And a tear in your eye Can't you see That their poverty's profiting you? My country, tis of thy people you're dying.
Imagine smoking weed in the street without cops harassing. Imagine going to court with no trial. Lifestyle cruising blue Bahama waters. No welfare supporters. More conscious of the way we raise our daughters. Days are shorter, nights are colder. Feeling like life is over. These snakes strike like a cobra. The world's hot, my son got knocked. Evidently, it's elementary. They want us all gone eventually. Trooping out of state for a plate. Knowledge, if coke was cooked without the garbage, we'd all have the top dollars. Imagine everybody flashing, fashion, designer clothes, lacing your click up with diamond rolls. Your people's holding dough, no parole, no rubbers. Going raw, imagine law with no undercovers. Just some thoughts for the mind. I take a glimpse into time, watch the blend read, the world is mine. If I Imagine that. I free all my sons. I love them, love them, baby. Black diamonds and pearls. Could it be if you could be mine, we both shine? If I rule the world. Still living for today. In these last days until it is be Paradise life relaxing Black, Latino, and Anglo-Saxon Armani exchange the range Cast, lost tribes your bath Free at last, brand new whips to crash Then we laugh in the illa path The villa houses for the crew, how we do Trees for breakfast, dime sexes have been stretches So many years of depression make me vision The better living, type of place to raise kids in Opening eyes to the lies, history's told foul But I'm as wise as the old owl Plus the gold child, seeing things like I was controlling Click rolling Tricking six digits on kicks and still holding trips to Paris. I civilize every savage. Give me one shot, I turn tripe life to lavish. Political prisoners set free, stress free. No work release, purple M3s and jet skis. Fill the wind breeze in West Indies. I think Coretta Scott King, mayor of the cities, and reverse things to Willie's. It sound foul, but every girl I meet to go downtown. I'd open every cell in Attica, send them to Africa. Imagine that. Making moves in Atlanta back and forth scrambler Cause you can have all the chips Be poor or rich Still nobody want a nigga have a shit If I rule the world and everything in it Sky's the limit I push the Q45 infinite It wouldn't be no such thing as jealousies or be felony Strictly living longevity to the destiny I thought I'd never see but reality struck Better find out before your time's out What the fuck If I rule the world Imagine that I free all If I rule the world, 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 if I
Chicano band Las Cafeteras joined us here in New York. The band's been described by the Los Angeles Times as a uniquely Angelino mishmash of punk, hip-hop, beat music, cumbia and rock. This year, they released their new album called Taste Like L.A. Here they're performing their hit single, If I Was President, in our studio. It begins with musician Denise Carlos singing in Spanish, If I Was President, Honestly, If I Was President, For My People. Si fuera presidente, congregation first thing I do is free education and every third period we practice meditation every third period we practice meditation like a brown Robin Hood I take from the rich and I give to the poor so my little sister ain't gotta be hungry no more and my first lady would be my mom cause she smacked me at the first out of drone strikes and dropping bombs and I free all my poor black and brown kids that got caught up in three strikes and when they get out they get free bites so they could ride to the future, not to their past. Go to the store, get some chips. That's Las Cafeteras. I spoke to two of its six members, the two co-founders of the band, Hector Flores and Denise Carlos. I began by asking Hector Flores to talk about their hit song, If I Was President, on their new album, Taste Like L.A. I think in the left, we're always talking about what we're against. Mm -hmm. And for us, we really want to reimagine and really think what we're for. Because the day is coming, the day is here where we need to push forward an agenda of what we're for. And that's mm -hmm. what the song was really about. Like, what would I do? You know, what would I push for? And actually, three months leading up to the recording, I went to like Food for Less. Uh, <laughs> and every time I went to go buy food, I would ask the workers, I said, hey, if you were president for a day, what was the first thing you would do? And basically their responses are, kind of, are the lyrics to the lyrics that I wrote for my piece. Mm -hmm. They always said education. They said, man, you know, I'd, I'd get my cousin out of, out of jail because he shouldn't be in there for, for weed and like things like that. And that's sort of what we put into the song. at the openings and thanks and prayers to creator and our living bees then i'd sit you down with your abuelita rewrite history so our kids could see where we came from and a new destiny from flint to cali water flowing pure and free my department of peace will melt guns and the bike racks budget cuts to corporate kickbacks if i was president will there still be drama takes a village to heal our generational trauma so shake your spine put your hands up high we got a different kind of party in the white house tonight if i was president Las Cafeteras, the name of your band, what does it mean? 
Um, it comes from a space called the Eastside Cafe in um, Northeast LA, and it is a space that had um, this wild imagination about uh, self-determination and creating a world where many worlds exist. And this is really the, the narrative and the teachings of the Zapatistas in Chiapas, Mexico, um, of not responding to a government that doesn't identify or recognize them, but really taking it upon themselves to govern themselves in a way that they find um, uh, holds dignity. And so for us in those days, um, it was a space that really, really gave us, again, the imagination of more. Um, how do we uh, build a world where we fit and where we're powerful and where our voice is heard? Um, and so it, it's a beautiful, beautiful root of, of how we, as Las Cafeteras, started playing music, um, where we never grew up playing music. And it was, for, for many of us, first time that we even sang out loud in front of people. Yeah. So introduce this song for us which everyone knows a form of This Land Is Your Land and why you chose to put it on the album. So This Land Is Your Land was written by Woody Guthrie. And when he wrote it, he actually omitted verses because he wrote it during the McCarthy era. And so we were asked to write a song. You know, I remember the, an organization asked us to write like a, an American song, like, mm -hmm. a, and like an old school. And they said, well, we didn't really want to. And so we actually went back and said, what, what songs exist, like traditional folk songs that really speak to our identity? Mm -hmm. And we found This Land Is Your Land. It was actually Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. We saw her, we saw her example, and it was beautiful. And then we said, well, why don't we do it our own? We did a Mexican Zapatista funk version. <laughs> this is Las Cafeteras singing This Land Is Your Land. in our Democracy Now! studios singing This Land Is Your Land, and it's one of the songs in Taste Like L.A. Denise Flores, why did you call the album Taste Like L.A.? And why the cover, which is um, a food truck? You know, a lot of um, places that we play ask, what genre do you play? And um, we don't fit in any specific box. We don't fit in a genre. We are so L.A. flavored. Um, and that's the only way we would know how to describe it. Um, we grew up listening to hip-hop, norteño, rancheras, cumbia, punk, goth, you know? Um, and all of us come from so many different traditions and experiences. We Chicanos, we're Mexican, but as Hector always says, that just means that you're mixed and you come from all kinds of places. And so for us, we really wanted to introduce ourselves back into the musical world um, as just a band from LA playing everything and anything um, and not fitting into a box because as people we don't fit into a box, right? So the census is really complicated for us. <laughs> um, and we have this food truck um, because in LA it's, you know, food justice and um, and even vendor rights are a big deal. Um, I think LA is uh, one of the biggest um, cities in the country that don't have established policies that protect uh, street vendors. Hector, can you talk about the food truck that was turned over just a few days ago. The vi video went viral when a guy turned over this man's truck. 
There's this man who flipped over a, a, a corn truck where a man was selling corn on the street because he didn't want to move. And I feel that speaks to the, how I think a lot of our communities feel about street vendors. But that's really basically reflected in the fact that policies don't, pre, uh, policies don't protect street vendors. So for us, like the ice cream truck, the elotero uh, man, uh, the paletera woman, folks who are making a living selling food need to be protected. They're trying to raise their families, live a life of dignity. And so that's why on the front of our CD, it's, a, it's an ice cream truck. You know, that's, that's L.A. for us. Mm -hmm. It's people working, doing what they have to, selling food to raise, you know, their families and have a, a, a life of dignity. Let's go to Tiempos de Amor. Talk about this song, the origins of it, Denise. So, Tiempos de Amor, um, when a certain person uh, was up on a podium um, as a candidate for president, um, speaking about Mexican people, um, saying that we are rapists and we're drug dealers and we're dangerous, and some of us are, are good. You don't like um, to say President Trump's name? Uh, I would rather not, although um, I'm okay other people saying it. <laughs> um, and so the lyrics that I wrote for Tiempos de Amor, um, I went back into my parents' story and I went back into my family's story and everybody I know, most of the people that I know are first generation born in the U.S. And um, and the root of the of the reason why, why a lot of our parents left uh, the comfort of their home and family was because of love. They loved the children that they didn't have so much that they sacrificed really their lives. And, um, and I just wanted to remind people that, that the root of all this pain and the root of all this struggle is love. And, and we can't live without it. And, um, and it's so easy to, to, um, to criminalize people and to dehumanize because they're breaking laws. And we forget that laws aren't always, you know, um, dignified and compassionate and understanding and just. Um, and just. And yeah. so we, I mean, we just had a truck full of people found in, in Texas. Um, Texas and 10 of those folks had passed away. And so I, what I saw in the reaction to a lot of the article was, well, they were illegal. They deserve it. And, um, and it breaks my heart that we are in a time where, where people care more about laws and policies than actual people and beating hearts. Tiempos de amor means times of love. Yes. Can you share the first verse, the first verse with us in English, of since course. you sing it in Spanish? Um, it says, I would cross whichever, whatever river um, to be close to you because um, I feel an emptiness um, beating in my heart. Let's go to Tiempos de amor. This is Las Cafeteras. democracy now before we end when you came back into the United States from Canada and this tour as you head off to London then back to Canada you came through New Haven talk about why 
We came through, we had a show in New Haven, Connecticut, and coming into New Haven, I received a text message from, a, from the Connecticut Immigrant Rights Organization saying there's a woman in sanctuary, and her name was Nuri Chavarria, and they were having a visual that night for her. Uh, and we found out, and they asked us to come to the vigil and play. And we found out that there's a woman, Nuri Chavarria, who was to be deported last Thursday. And instead of showing up for deportation, she went to sanctuary. She uh, uh, went to sanctuary in a church. And so we went and we met Nuri and we played at the vigil. And the next day we were able to go to the church, meet her, hear her story. She has four children. She has She's four, been here for four almost four US born of a children. century. Four US born years. children, mm -hmm. over 20 years in the United States, no criminal record. And, the, and every year since 1999, she's been going into court to get a year sort of um, a relief. Um, extension. Extension. Mm -hmm. and, but last month, she went in, and instead of giving her a year extension, they put a, an ankle bracelet on her, and they told her, you're going to be deported in a, a month. A shackle on her, on her ankle. Mm -hmm. And they told her in front of her nine-year-old daughter. And instead of showing up to court to be deported, she went into sanctuary. and. So when we learned about that, we said, we have to go. We have to make it happen. And we were able to meet her. And we actually did a video in support and asking people to call Department of Homeland Security. And I got a text message two days ago that she has been, uh, she received, um, what is the word, clemency? Stay of uh, a stay of uh, a stay, relief from deportation. Mm -hmm. For a year. For a, a federal year. judge has asked ICE to re-examine her yes. case. Yes, and yes. And that is in part to the organizations in New Haven, Connecticut, doing that beautiful work. So when people say, like, you know, when, when you're asked to help and call ICE, it works. What did you play outside of the church? Outside of the church, we played Tiempos de Amor. Mm -hmm. La Bamba we, Rebelde. La Bamba Rebelde. If I was president. And if I was president outside. And it was a banging show <laughs> in an empty parking lot right next to the church. So this is interesting what you do when you go from city to city. Can you explain the kind of theme? So we're, we're, we're movement organizers. We're organizers before we're musicians. So when we go into new towns, we identify who's doing work in that town. Who's mm -hmm. doing, who, what, is, what is the issue that needs to be elevated? We went to um, Burlington, Vermont, and we met with a dairy uh, dairy farm workers. The who, whole migrant justice migrant group. Migrant justice organizations. And we found out that there's a lot of injustice against dairy farm workers. We had no idea. We invited them to our show. You know, they were able to table, share their work. And uh, that that's the work that we do. And we do shows called Beats, um, Beats Not Borders or Beats and Bridges, where we go into different neighborhoods different cities, mm -hmm. we invite the local DJ, we invite the organizations, you know, uh, and basically we have these banging parties <laughs> and we get down with justice, but we elevate and connect people in the neighborhood to the movements. And I think that's the work we want to do as musicians. Those are two of the co-founders of Las Cafeteras, Hector Flores and Denise Carlos. Their new album is Taste Like L.A. You can watch their full extended interview and performances in the Democracy Now! studio at democracynow.org. And that does it for our broadcast. A special fond farewell to our outgoing video fellow.
someone else works for a dollar that you can get, remember that it's everybody of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter?
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event. Now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Want to spend a summer Sunday laughing your cares away? Then come join the fun at San Francisco's Comedy Day. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs, and it's free. Besides our annual celebration of stand-up, did you know that Comedy Day offers workshops that teach Bay Area students how to use humor to resolve conflict? Comedy Day is so serious about ending bullying, it's banning all comedians from using the following phrases. Knee-slapping, side-splitting, break a leg, bust a gut, knock them dead. Those words hurt. But Comedy Day feels good. It's fun for the whole family. Did I mention it's free? Hey, comedy fans, don't miss the 37th Annual Comedy Day, the original longest-running free outdoor comedy concert in the world. The funny starts at noon on Sunday, September 17th at Sharon Meadow in Golden Gate Park, San Francisco. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs. It's free! (laughs) 
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Francisco, if you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Hey, people, this is a flat black plastic show. So here you go, Uni Radio FM. Anything you try has already been done before, and there's nothing really you can do about it. So remember to avoid taking risks and to whisper into feathers together in the dark. It's the right thing to do, and viewers like you. Well, the circus is in town. It's time for a train ride. The best circus town train rides are the dependable ones that'll depart and arrive on time. The ones that'll take you from clown to trapeze quad elephant, see? Look on the train.